more of the sport market. Rating and debating the bulls and bears of sports business. Sia drives one to right field. Corbin Carroll back at the wall. It's gone! Yes, Adolis Garcia again. Big home run in the 11th inning on an unbelievable postseason. And we'll get into that with Rick Coro, the sport professor, the visiting sport business expert at Harvard University, in just a couple of moments here. But first, we'll check out some franchises worth 10 figures. The Billion Dollar Club. In the National Hockey League, expect the New York Rangers to continue to stay at the top of the charts when the new Forbes NHL franchise valuations are released in December. Because for eight straight years, the Rangers have been in that position, uh, most recently in the 2022 rankings, at $2.2 billion. The Rangers, who, by the way, are playing the Vancouver Canucks in a battle of two five and two teams Saturday night at Rogers Arena in Vancouver. Vancouver grew by 10% year over year. So you'd expect in December they could easily be $2.4, $2.5 billion U.S. in franchise value. The average NHL franchise worth $1.03 billion. Toronto Maple Leafs are second at $2 billion, followed by the Montreal Canadiens. Rick Horro is the sport professor, long time and regular contributor to the sport market on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Rick, I got to go first to Adolis Garcia. Have you ever seen anything like his her- heroic performance so far in this uh, postseason for the Texas Rangers? Randy Arena, uh the last time, ironically, the World Series was played at Globe Life. If you remember, that was a a COVID series with very few people in it. And Major League Baseball chose Globe Life, not because the Rangers were playing well, but because it was the newest stadium and a lot of the corona, the, the uh, COVID the safety stuff uh, was in the middle of it. Uh, and so he was a hero, but he couldn't overcome the Dodgers when he played for Tampa Bay. This is, this is unbelievable. And maybe even a bigger faux pas, my friend, because I care about, you know, me more than I care about you, is that, <laughs> Uh, I was, uh, you know, I'm here on the East Coast and I'm old. So I figured the Diamondbacks bullpen game well in hand. I go to sleep in the eighth, right? And so I was just tempted to text my good friend Derek Hall, who's the president of the Diamondbacks, saying, you did it again, congratulations. Man, I, I'm glad I laid off of that, right? Because you wake up and you say, all right, I just lost a friend. So, yeah, it's but it's, it's fun because I was saying, and I'm sure you predicted as well, that this could be 4004 or anything in between. You know, I know the inevitable question is do uh, Major League Baseball and Fox like the eyeballs because it's the first time since 2014, as you know, that New York, Chicago, or LA teams have not been in the semifinals or beyond. But I'll take this any day. I, I don't think the league could have asked for a better way to start a World Series. And by the way, Corey Seager and Adolis Garcia will check in with you before they go to bat late in the innings to make sure that you are still <laughs> yeah, awake. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but when you look at, like, I thought that uh, Philadelphia, Texas would have been uh, the matchup, not only number four and number seven uh, media markets in, in the United States, but the big home run hitters on both sides, especially the kind of postseason Philly's had 
until the Diamondbacks pitching got the better of them uh, in late in the series. Uh, how do you feel about the long-term uh, ratings uh, capacity of this series with the Rangers and the Diamondbacks as a Cinderella story? Well, first, uh, two issues. First, about me, as always. I feel really good about getting out of there alive because I went to Dolphins-Eagles, and of course, as a Dolphin fan, that didn't turn out well. And then stayed for game six, and you know, I was stuck in the middle of parking, and of course, Philly fans are, are lunatics anyway, but you always were able to yell out of the car, there's always tomorrow you're going to win. I'm not sure what I would have done if I got stuck in that game seven drunken maelstrom. So, you know, lucky I left when I did. On a bigger issue, if this series goes uh, six, uh, and it, this has happened in a lot of series and a lot of sports, the, the eyeballs uh, of the cities come in second to people that just want to see some drama. And so if it's a close series, as it's destined to be, I think the remembering factors will not be, you know, the smaller Arizona market, but the parity that baseball has yet given us again. You know, I don't know how they do it every year, but you look at the stats, you realize the surprise teams every year. You have a team that two years ago lost 110 uh, against a team that two years ago lost 101 and still 200 losers going from that point to this. It is a testament to baseball which is ultimately ironic because when you think of the salary cap driven revenue share parity sport, what do you think of? You think of football, not baseball, but this works out. I mean, it's unbelievable. As you, as you point out, Texas Rangers, 68 and 94 last year, 60 and 102, two years ago. And here they are with a one nothing lead going into game two of the world series, 2023. Uh, want to ask you, Rick, uh, uh, you know, to me, this postseason changed in game three of the respective LCS, uh, because before that, it was going too fast and the ratings weren't building in the way that uh, MLB would want simply because you have four sweeps in the wild card round. You have two games above the uh, minimum in the divisional series, uh, two series go three and zero. Oh, uh, another two go three and one, and then you have two nothing leads in both of the league championship series. It's like wow, this is not going to work out well. But then it turned on a dime, and uh, two game sevens have set up this World Series. That's why I'm bullish about the the prospects, especially if the games are as entertaining as they were Friday night. Well, and the other thing is, we always expect because it's the bottom of each inning and the rabbit fans that the home teams ought to have some distinct advantage. But as we know, it's the first uh, time in, in playoff history that two underdogs came back to win two championship series down 3-2, uh, uh, coming back to the favorites park. And you expect maybe one to sneak by and do it, but not two. So it's not just the seven-game series, but how they were set up. It's like central casting. It's like, you know, every time there's a close series in another sport, everybody talks about the commissioner, either the guy who has the cold draft card that all of a sudden, you know, Patrick Ewing ends up in New York or Shaq ends up in Orlando and it's a conspiracy. This is the conspiracy that says, you know, Rob Manford jimmied with the outcomes. And I can guarantee you none of that's true anywhere across the board. 
8.9 million tuning in for the game seven uh, in the uh, uh, NLCS. And then, of course, now the overall league championship series, 5.2 million for the series, up 7% year over year. We've got the sport professor for another couple of minutes here on the sport market on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Um, want you to weigh in on NBA tip-off 2023 and Victor Wembanyama. What kind of impact is he going to have in your eyes on the business of NBA basketball? Whenever I see a cloud over my house now, I think it's either a solar eclipse or he's sticking his arms out somewhere. Uh, it, it, a guy, uh, I know what you look like because I've seen you, but I, and I know what I look like. Could you imagine standing on the baseline and blocking a three-pointer after taking one step? Uh, it, it is, it is um, you know, they got, they, they got to make sure they, they worship his body, and I mean it in a way where the guy is a toothpick and, uh, you know, playing 12, 15 minutes a game, great but if he's injured uh, it, it, it would be catastrophic because of not only the setup but but how he's how he's performed and uh, uh with pop uh coaching him and nurturing him and the international flavor of the spurs marketing department you know and a tony parker french connection before it's not only good for the league to have him on the court but it's good for him in san diego uh, excuse me san antonio uh, to be off the court as well and so I, I've tried to tower over um, every living thing uh, in my path, but it just doesn't work. Rick, enjoy your Dolphins this weekend. It is going to be very interesting to see what happens in terms of the uh, uh, the, the the Netflix special that we're going to see uh, coming down the pipes. Uh, will it be too much of a distraction? We'll have to figure that out. But thank you so much. Love having you on the show. Have a terrific weekend. You too, my friend. And apologize for Tino, your crack producer. Uh, I called him slow because he was Canadian, and, and I don't really mean that. So just apologize when you're off the air. You don't mind. <laughs> no apologies necessarily. We, we, we don't put a lot of stock in what you have to say. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you have a great one. Thank you so much. Well. All day. Of course, Bye. kidding. Okay. Take care. All the best. He is Rick Horo, the sport professor, visiting sport business expert from Harvard University. Next up, we get into some hot stuff and we talk more Victor Wembenyama and Adolis Garcia with Ken Richardson, our collectibles guru, next right here on the Sport Market and the Sportsnet Radio Network.